Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast streams are activated. Over the next 45 minutes, you will be informed and entertained. Welcome to the podcast that breaks down Washington football team news and updates from the world of sports. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. I'm taking back this mind. And everything's going to be just like it used to be. After practice with Lake Lewis starts now. Welcome everyone to After Practice with myself, Lake Lewis. This is your podcast podcast for the people the podcast that talks about the Washington football team and then we stray a little bit and talk about some of the other big stories in all the sports but right now the fan base in Washington is they're torn I'm torn as a reporter that covers this team because I think we all have seen the struggles of the starting quarterback Dwayne Haskins and they were very prevalent and Sunday's defeat to the Cleveland Browns. For my money, that was Dwayne Haskins' worst game as a starter. They lose the game 34-20, and Haskins finished the day 21-37 of for 224 yards. He did throw two touchdowns, but he also threw a season-high three interceptions, and those interceptions were costly. They resulted in Cleveland Brown points, and that's where the problem lies. I had just tweeted out, I think maybe two weeks ago, that Dwayne Haskins hadn't thrown an interception in his previous four starts. The wheels fell off this past weekend. And, and, I, and I have to say this, though. I'm a little disappointed with just the, 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 the lack of, of you know, understanding that this is a young quarterback. And I understand I have some friends out there, you know, you listening, you're friends of mine, of course. But I have friends out there that are saying, you know, if you look at this guy, does he pass the eye contest? And at times he does. At times he makes throws that most quarterbacks that have been in Washington, at least, I can't say around the NFL today because the league has some just dynamic, dynamic quarterbacks. But as far as Washington history, There's not too many guys that have been able to throw the football around like this guy can do. The problem is that I see with Dwayne at this point right now is he's clearly pressing. He's clearly trying to make plays that aren't there. And I think he has to just settle down and take what's given to him. The good thing for Dwayne Haskins is he has the 
understanding and, you know, support of his head coach. And at the end of the day, that's all you really need. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks except for your head coach. And Ron Rivera made it a point to shoot down any talk of this quarterback being benched. After Sunday's game, Ron Rivera came out and said he's going to take his lumps for Dwayne. He said as long as the kid continues to make, you know, make plays or make things happen, he's going to support him. That's what you want to hear from your coach. So if you're Dwayne Haskins, maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off of you, uh, you know, to, to not look over your shoulder, see Kyle Allen, you know, potentially Alex Smith, although I don't think Alex will ever get on the field. But the point is, you don't have to look over your shoulder, at least not yet. Let's not be fooled here, though, folks. If Dwayne Haskins continues to struggle, they may have no choice but to make a move to go to Kyle Allen. And the reason why I say that is because you're having pretty good defensive efforts. Although they lost to the Browns, you know, by 14 on Sunday, although they gave up, you know, 160 plus yards rushing against the Browns, I think we all understand that this defense is on the field quite a bit. They're on the field a lot, and that's because the offense isn't getting it done. So the offense did score two times last week, but the game pretty much was out of reach at that point. I understand that they did take a lead early in the game. Well, well, they took a lead in, in, in you know second half of the game. They did. Washington took the lead, but then Cleveland ran off some points on them, and that defense stays on the field. So at this point right now, I don't think that there's any dissension in the locker room. It's kind of hard for us this year to, to make those kind of comments and, and have proof of that because we're no longer in the locker room because of COVID. But in years past, I could make that comment and tell you, I know because I'm in the locker room every day. This year, a little different, but still talking to some guys. I don't think there's any dissension at this point right now. I don't think there's anyone that feels like Dwayne Haskins needs to be benched per se. I know there's some guys that are looking to see some improvement on a week-to-week basis. And for my money right now, I don't want to say the kid's regressed, but I don't think he's taken the next step yet. And that comes with time. Again, I keep telling people you have to remember three different head coaches in a year. I mean, that's, that's a lot. What am I talking about? Well, you had Jay Gruden. He was fired. Then you had Bill Callahan as an interim coach. Those are two contrasting styles. They went from pass-happy Jay Gruden to run-happy Bill Callahan. Now you have Ron Rivera this year. So that's three different coaches in literally 13, 14 months for this kid. That's a lot to take on for a 23-year-old who's trying to find his way. Then on top of that, two different offensive coordinators. And it seemed to me like Things were looking up under Kevin O'Connell as far as at least what he was doing with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins looked a lot more comfortable, a lot more poised with whatever Callahan and O'Connell were doing for him. It doesn't seem to be the same right now under Scotty Turner, their offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, son of Norv. Haskins at this point right now definitely seems like he's pressing. He hasn't made uh, uh, the throws that he needs to make at this point. 
And those are throws that professionals need to make. Yes. Again, I'm not going to sit up here and, and, and slide you guys some Kool-Aid and, and some pie or whatever. I'm not trying to make this sound good. Even though I don't think Kool-Aid and pie sounds good together. That doesn't sound good at all. But I'm not trying to sell you guys anything. I'm just saying that there still has to be a little bit more patience before everyone bails. There has to be a little bit more patient with the young man before everyone jumps ship. I don't think it's at that point yet. I say, you know, you have the Ravens coming in here. They're going to be pissed off. We know that. <laughs> they got pretty much beat up on Monday by Kansas City. And and that's probably the worst thing that could happen to a young Washington team is that you're going to have a Super Bowl caliber uh, opponent come in mad because they just got bludgeoned. So they're going to look to inflict some pain on Washington this Sunday. But my friends, how great would it be for this Washington team to do the impossible and beat the Ravens? Am I predicting that? Mm, Probably not. But the point is, how great would it be? That would be the ultimate silencer. That would be the ultimate pie shoving in the face of naysayers. And those are the type of games that if you're Dwayne Haskins and you want to get up off the mat, you want to show people that you can lead this team to greater heights, that you can be the franchise face of the Washington football team. These are the games you have to arrive in. Can't just play okay. You have to take big strides. And if you do it against a worthy opponent, Maybe it shuts people up. That's where Washington is at this point. There's talent on the team, but you need your signal caller to be the guy to orchestrate everything. And at this point, he hasn't shown that he's able to take on all of that at this point. That's going to have to go back to game planning. That's going to have to go back to Turner changing the way they run their offense. And and I say this because... Let's face it, when you look around the NFL right now and you look at all the young quarterbacks that are having success, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still a young quarterback. I mean, my God, this is as scary as it sounds. This is his third year as a starter. Third, not 13th. This is his third. That's amazing. The guy's already has an MVP, already has a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just phenomenal to think of what this guy's doing in the NFL. Then you look at Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know he struggled, probably had his worst passing game as a pro on Monday. Got to give Kansas City's defense some credit. But he was last year's MVP, and they're looking to take that step to the Super Bowl this year. Clearly a contender. Make no mistake about it. I still expect them and Kansas City to link up again in the AFC playoffs and get get some things done. I think the Ravens still can get to the Super Bowl. They're my prediction to win the whole thing over the Seattle Seahawks. Just so you know, I predicted that in August, not a week ago. But if you look at some of these other quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen in Buffalo, uh, Garner Minshew, you know, in, in, in Jacksonville. Of course, you have Deshaun Watson in Houston. I mean, there's so many young quarterbacks that are playing at just a, a, a super high level. We haven't even mentioned the old timers. We haven't mentioned the Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's. There's so many quarterbacks out there getting it done. But as far as the young quarterbacks, the one thing they have in common, pretty much all of those young quarterbacks, is that, for one, they have the same coach, same system. Secondly, 
Secondly, think of this. I think this might be the most important thing that will get people to understand where I'm going with this. The second thing, and it might be more important than the fact that they have the same system, it's the system that they're running. Those systems were created for their strengths. And that's where I think Washington has to go with Haskins. You may ask the question, what is his strength? It's clear. His strength is when he's in a spread offense. His strength is when they're in an up-tempo, no-huddle offense. Because that's what he ran in college. The one year he was a starter at Ohio State, that's what they did. Yes, they had elite players pretty much at every position. God, it hates for me to say that stuff. Oh, man, being a Penn State guy, just it, it pains me to have to give Ohio State credit. But they are who they are. They're a great program. Haskins had a lot of talent. A lot more talent on Saturdays than most teams that he was facing. But nevertheless, he still had to orchestrate that talent. And he did it from a no huddle he did it for, I don't mean a no huddle, but just a spread, up-tempo, you know, shotgun formation type setup. I think those are the type of things that Washington has to implement and, and implement more of. I don't want to see the kid under center, at least not right now. He doesn't see the field well. I mean, that's obvious. And the best way for a quarterback to see the field, especially one that's struggling, is to give him some space between his lines. Give him some space to survey the field, you know, from four or five feet behind everyone else and let him do his thing. Because if you go back to last year, those were the games that he had the most success, the most success even against Buffalo, you know, against the Jets. He had success against teams, the Lions. He had success against teams where he was not under center. So again, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I don't profess to be a a genius at this stuff, but having covered it, and I'm sure you as fans can say the same thing, this year, that offense has had success when what? Yes, they've been up-tempo, and they've been in a shotgun formation. It just works. So for right now, you got to do the things to make this kid comfortable. You have to do the things that are going to give him the best opportunity you know, to go out and show what he can do because the clock is ticking now. And I think a lot of people are at that point where it's just three games into the season. You're going into week four. You're one and two. You had a a nice comeback victory in your first game against the Eagles. That win is, I I don't want to ever take a win away from any professional team because it's hard, hard enough to do that in the pro game. But the Eagles aren't that good. They're not just not that good. So that win has a little bit of a, a stench to it at, at the same time. The only reason I'm taking the win and running with it if I'm Washington is because you came back from 17 down to a team that you were supposed to lose to. So that's not something that you, you know, you take lightly. You came back and won that game and it was a divisional game, which are all important. So you, you take those and you run with it. Arizona, they were just outmanned and it showed. There was no way that their offense, Washington's offense, could put up points to match what Arizona's offense was doing. And then last week, of course, I thought the Browns were ripe to be picked, picked off. The Browns aren't a good football team, and it showed last week. There were several turnovers on their end or or, or mistakes on their end that Washington could have capitalized on. But when you see little things with this team, you see them score a touchdown, and then they have a missed extra point. Then you see them, you know, 
do something well on offense and then the defense has a team go right down the field and score on them or vice versa. The defense, you know, has a nice defensive stance and then the offense turns the ball right back over to the other team in Washington's, you know, uh, side of the field. Those are things that teams that aren't very good can't do to win games. Folks, as always, you know, you can follow me on social media. You can check us out at sportsjourney.com. Uh, you can check us out on social media with Sports Journey at sportsjourney.com. And then, of course, my social media on Twitter is Lake Lewis. And then on Instagram and Facebook, it's Lake Lewis Jr. So make sure you check me out on there. We've got some great, great stuff on our, our website. It's changed. It's uh, set up for you, the fans. Uh, we've got comment sections on there so you can comment on the articles. You can chime in if you want. And then, of course, with, with this podcast, you can find it pretty much anywhere. Uh, we actually just got this picked up on Amazon as well. So it's everywhere now. Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, SoundCloud, you name it, it's on there. So whatever your preference is, uh, you know, I appreciate you giving me a chance and uh, checking out this podcast. The Ravens coming up Sunday. Again, if you're Washington, you, you, you've got to get these W's. You, you've got to find a way to show improvement. And I think most fans would be okay if this team was losing, but they were losing competitively. They don't want to see this team go out, lay eggs. I mean, just, you know, get beat up by 13, 15, 17, 20. They don't want to see that. You you want to see a team that's competing. And I think for the most part, this team does compete. They're competing with what they have. And again, you have to go back to and be realistic here. And this is, I think, the theme of my show today is just, you know, no guests. It's just me talking to you. Naturally, we bring on great guests, a lot of players, uh, you know, other media folks from around town. And, uh, you know, when we stray and go into our other national sports stuff, you know, we'll have some great guests for you as well. But today was just, you know, let's just get this out of our systems because all week long, again, I'm hearing that this team's awful, it's still the same organization, and it's not. And I think that as this team and organization tries to change their, their you know, way of doing business, change the perception of them as an organization, as a team, I think our fan base has to do the same thing. And I can say that word our in this situation. Yes, I'm media, I can't have that fandom, but I am originally from D.C., This was the team that I grew up rooting for when I was a child. So, again, success is is something that I think all of us who cover the team want. I mean, it's great for business. I mean, I'd rather cover a winner than a loser. I mean, let's just call it like it is. I'd rather be, you know, in higher demand because the team I cover is winning. That's just the way it goes. But I think the fan base has to also clean up their act too. And and I know some of you don't want to hear that. Some of you feel like, you know, you have a right to voice your, your displeasure. And you do. You really do. But it has to be warranted and it has to be realistic. Can anyone tell me with a straight face that this group of young guys on this football team this year are worse than what they were last year? I'll wait. No, that's the answer. If any of you out there think that this group of talent on this year's team is worse than the talent that was on last year's team, you're missing something here. You're clearly missing something. 
there's some building blocks on this year's football team. Terry McLaurin has taken another step. I mean, the guy looks special. We knew this after last year. Hell, I saw it in last year's uh, training camp, and I, and I tweeted about it. I kept saying, for all these other receivers at the time, Josh Doxson was here. And I kept saying, all these other receivers they're talking about, the guy that's standing out to me is the rookie from Ohio State, Terry McLaurin. And you saw what he did. So you have to give him credit. That's a testament to his work ethic and the fact that he wants to be really good. He wants to be great. And he's taken another step this year. I mean, this guy's demanding the best corner from the opposing team on him, and he's still producing. He's still putting up big numbers. And for my money, right now, he's their number one offensive weapon, period. And everyone knows that. That's a building block for you. In a perfect world... I don't even know if Terry McLaurin would need to be a number one, meaning 1A. He could be a 1B. He could just be, you know, a complimentary guy to an extreme talent. But you know what? He's starting to become that extreme talent, and that's a good thing. That's a building block for you. The kid Gibson out of Memphis has potential. He needs more, you know, run lanes to run through. And I think that I'd like to see, you know, Scott Turner get him out in space a little bit more, you know, as opposed to running him, you know, up gaps and things like that. I want to see the guy because he's got some speed. I want to see him on the edge a little bit more. J.D. McKissick is another guy they brought in free agent. Uh, You know, listen, he's got some wiggle to him. He's got some pop. He can make some things happen. So there are some pieces in place. It's just a matter of getting them coached up properly. You get these guys coached up properly, maybe you see go, you know this team go to a, a, another level. Maybe you see them now start to become you know a team that has potential to a team that's, that's winning some games. Okay, They're not a Super Bowl contender right now, folks. It's going to take time. But then you go to the other side of the ball. I mean, what's there not to like about this defense? You've got a pretty good you know, front seven that that has the potential to be great. They're not there yet, but they have that potential. Yes, they did have a huge injury to one of my favorite players on the team, Matt Ioannidis. You know, shout out to Matt. Hopefully everything works out for you and you get back on the field next year. But that guy is a, a grinder. I mean, he's a guy that leaves it on the field. And for my money, until Mr. Chase Young came along this year, Matt Ioannidis, to me, was their best, best lineman. He was their best defensive lineman, in my opinion, at least the most consistent. That's not taking a swipe at Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. They're very good. Tim Settle, they're very good. Borderline have the potential to be great. But I think Ioannidis, you know, being the elder statesman on that line, because he is the oldest guy on the line, I think in his sixth year, fifth, sixth year, he, you know, gets hurt. On Sunday, that's a big blow. I don't care how you look at it. They do have depth. You know, you're going to need Settle to step it up a little bit more now in his place. But at the end of the day, you lose a talent like that, you're going to feel it somewhere. Chase Young had a growing injury, left the game early. You know, he seems to be okay. Um, You know, it feels like that team's dodged a bullet, you know, with his injury. So that's a good look for the team. I, I, I would expect for them to be cautious with him, with his comeback. You're playing the Ravens. I mean, we have to be realistic here. I don't think anybody outside of the DMV 
and I and I mean not the Baltimore part of the DMV because Baltimore is not DC. I don't care what anyone says. But as far as the DMV, no one gives this team an absolute chance. No one thinks that Washington can can run with Baltimore. And it's probably true. But at the end of the day, Chase Young, do you really want to, you know, risk having him out there? Because let's face it, this is a game he's going to be chasing down the best in the league. He's going to have to chase down the most dynamic offensive talent in the NFL from from a standpoint of him being able to to make things happen with his legs. Lamar Jackson is something we've never seen. I may have to say to Chase Young, if you're 70 percent, 75, um, we might have to sit you down, son. We may have to just sit you down uh, just because you're you're our future. You're the biggest investment we have right now. He's it. It's not even Haskins to me. It's not even McLaurin. It's Chase Young. And for me, I think I would have to sit the kid down if he's not. 100%, if he's not 90%. Anything less than that, he sits. That's just me. Building blocks are here. I don't think there's any question about that, folks, that there's a lot of building blocks for the Washington football team. So let's take a quick break. Obviously, you're listening to After Practice with myself, Lake Lewis. Hopefully, you like what you hear. Uh, As I said before, you know, we'll we'll be bringing on many different guests, uh, some of the great folks that work for me at Sports Journey doing a wonderful job. Um, Definitely got to shout those folks out. I have DJ Bland. You know, he's in in Florida, does a great job. Uh, You know, he's on the Panhandle area right near New Orleans, does a great job covering the Saints for us. Uh, you have Miss Carita Parks, who's up here locally doing just a wonderful, wonderful job with us uh, covering uh, the Washington Mystics and, and, and the Washington Wizards. You have Miss Diane Cheesebro. Yes, a lot of you said, what happened to Diane? Well, Diane's still around. Uh, she's doing a lot of behind the scene things at this point, and she's earned it, you know, after 10 years, uh, you know, in the front line with me. So she's, she's still with the company doing some great things. Uh Got my good guy, Jeff Little, who's out on the West Coast uh, doing some stuff for us as well. And uh, so, yeah, we're we're expanding, uh, spreading our wings. Mike Gray does a great job uh, covering NBA for us as well. So, you know, listen, um, Bob Matthews, you know, he's he's one of our recent additions uh, helping me with the uh, with the Washington football team doing a great job as well. So. So many other people out there that have been part of this over the years, and uh, we appreciate that. We've got my my, my camera guy, my ace, uh, Serge, Sergio Lewis, Serge the Shooter, as you know him. Um, you know, that that's my guy. That's my young pup, and uh, was proud of the work he did last year, and, and, and he's growing. He's doing some great stuff with us. So make sure you check all these great folks out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, Literally, we're going to try to give you a little bit of scoop on this game coming up on Sunday. And um, I'm going to give you a prediction. Normally, I wait on Friday till I do my TV stuff, uh, but I think I may break that today. It's going to be a tough one, though, folks. I think you already know where I'm going with that, but we'll see. All right, so hang tight. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the After Practice Podcast with Lake Lewis. folks welcome back after practice with myself lake lewis and it's that time you know where we break down the game coming up and keys for for the washington football team first thing is you have to contain lamar jackson you do that you have a chance and i think we saw that blueprint uh not just this monday with the kansas city chiefs because they definitely contained lamar's as far as from the passing game they 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 basically made him have to beat them through the air. And there were some plays that were there. There were some drops. I remember that one uh, uh, incomplete pass to Mark Andrews, great tight end in the end zone. If Andrews catches that, you know, we, we could be having a different conversation today. They did show some things in the second half. Some adjustments were made. Uh, they cut that lead to 27-20. You know, you felt like maybe they were back in the game, but but Kansas City was just too much. So if you're Washington, you contain Lamar Jackson. I think that blueprint was was handed out by the Tennessee Titans in last year's uh, AFC playoffs, and Kansas City ran with that, and it worked. So if you're Washington, you look at those two game tapes. You've got the defensive personnel to get it done. You've got the defensive personnel to say, you know what, if they could do it, perhaps we can. So that gives you some hope. That's the first thing you have to do is contain Lamar Jackson. After that, this defense has to contain who is whoever's lined up behind Lamar Jackson. Let's face it. Mark Ingram, KJ Dobbins, uh, you know, Gus Edwards, they've got a, a just a trifecta of, of of dynamite running backs that just keep coming downhill over and over and over. And that's where the game's gonna be won. You know, so if you can contain the run game for the Ravens, you have a chance to win the game. Not just to compete, but you have a chance to win because that's the blueprint that's been laid against them. As great as they are and as great as they are offensively, when you hold their running game in check, you hold them in check because now you're forcing them to beat you through the air. And I think that's the weakest link on this football team. And I don't mean weak as in like terrible uh, because they still are a Super Bowl contender. But I'm talking about, you know, their receivers are good at certain things. But I don't know if they have one receiver at this point right now. I'm a big Hollywood Brown fan. Make no mistake about it. But I don't know if they have, you know, the kid Boykin's pretty good. But I don't know if they have one receiver that just demands your attention every play out on the football field. So in other words, they don't have a McLaurin at this point. They've got some really good receivers that do certain things really well, like I said. But if you get the Ravens into a pass game, then you have a better chance. If you're holding Lamar Jackson and forcing him to stay in the pocket, now you have a chance. It's when he gets outside of the pocket where he causes, you know, severe damage. That's when he inflicts the most damage on defenses. Those two things, if those things can happen, if you can keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket and take away that run game, Washington has a chance. And then, of course, the flip side of the ball is now, what is Washington going to be able to do against the Ravens defense? Well, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. I can see 
you know, Marcus Peters, <clears throat> excuse me, I could see Marcus Peters going up against McLaurin. You know, you, you, you've you got so many different guys on the Ravens, two, two guys in their secondary are pro bowlers, you know, so it's going to be tough. But if you're Washington, you've got to find a way to get Dwayne Haskins in a rhythm. Scott Turner has to find a way to get that offense more up-tempo and do it from the very first play of the game. You have to. They're going to be back after two weeks on the road, you know, and, and on the road during COVID, you know, different circumstances. They're going to be back home in their own building, you know, back home. As they say, you get a home-cooked meal before the game. You know, those are good things that can help a young team. But I will say this, uh, you know, last time I looked, they were at 1.13 point underdogs in this game. That's the highest spread in football for this week. So most of the naysayers have this team having absolutely no shot. I don't think the game's going to be a, a quote unquote bloodbath. I don't think so at all. When these two teams play each other, there's always, you know, it, it, it's that if you're Washington, you have to feel like you can win the game. You can't go in the game saying, oh, my God, I'm playing the Ravens. I don't know if I can get this done. You can't think like that. You have to go into the game saying we're home. We're able to beat this team. We'll still be in first place within our division. Uh, I understand the NFC East isn't that good right now. But, hey, you take what you're given. And right now you're still tied for first place with a one and two record. <laughs> so you take it. You take any positive you can get at this point. You beat the Ravens, you're two and two. After your first quarter of your season, you're two and two. And I think if you were to go back and ask anyone, would you sign up for the Washington football team being two and two after their first four games? I think 80, 85 percent of you as a fan would say I'd sign up for that because you had to look at the schedule. How many people thought, forget COVID, just flat out man to man, team versus team. How many of you thought they were going to beat the Eagles? Not many. Okay. So most people thought that was a loss. How many people thought they were going to go out to Arizona and beat the Cardinals? I think most people thought that that was the game that they were probably going to get a win in. Okay. So now you say one and one. How many people thought they were going to go to Cleveland and win? I think some thought that they could possibly do that. Okay. So that's two wins. But you got to be realistic. Did most of you guys think that they were going to go out on the road and win both road games? No. Most people don't, don't think that way. So one of those road games would have been a loss. And then surely most people thought week four coming up would have been a loss against the Ravens. So you're talking about a team that, a, that would have been realistically one in three after their first four games. So if they can win this game Sunday and be two and two, I think most people wouldn't think the sky's falling, which they seem to have thought after they lost to the Browns. It was bad enough last week when they lost to the Cardinals. But when they go back and they lose to the Browns, now all of a sudden this is the worst team ever. It's the same story year in and year out. No, it's not, folks. Come on, we got to stop that because that's not the case. Not even close. This organization's going in a much different direction. They've got a, a hell of a coach in Ron Rivera, a good man on top of that. You know, they, they've just got more positive things going for them than they do negative. And I think people just have to be a little bit more patient. This thing is going to take time. This is not a one-year wonder. 
where, you know, you got a little taste of success in that first game against the Eagles and everyone thought, oh, my gosh, you know, this team could be super special. And now they're, you know, possibly from winning six games or seven games, which most of us who cover this team predicted. To now all of a sudden, you know, they can win 10 games and win a division or 11 games. No, they're not that good of a football team yet to be to have those kind of expectations. However, guess what? The good thing is you may only need eight wins to win this division. And I know some people are going to say, come on, Lake, eight wins. You win the division. Is that really an accomplishment? Well, for a, a team that's building for a young team that hasn't had much success over the past several years, a lot of new players who weren't part of that culture, but still, yeah, that's success. And I think, again, I'll ask you one more time. If you could sign up today, right now, while you're listening to After Practice, if you could sign up for this team to finish 8-8 eight and eight and win the division, go in the playoffs and just get brutalized by probably, you know, the pay, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Seahawks, because I think the Seahawks are going to be the number one seed. They'll have to travel to Seattle. I think you sign up for it right now. I know I would if I were a fan. Because that's sign of growth. You won three games last year. That'd be a five-game improvement, and you win a division. Okay, yeah, you have to do that. And then I guess what that also would tell you, too, is if this team were to go on and do something like that, then perhaps it would quiet the talk of Dwayne Haskins because that would mean that he's doing something right that's getting them to win these games. So there's a lot of variables, a lot of different you know, hypotheticals. I know there's a lot of hyperbole there, but at the end of the day, I think this team's on the right track. It takes time. Again, kudos to Ron Rivera for shooting down any talk of, of sitting Dwayne Haskins, basically putting that story to bed and making sure that the fan base here understands that he's going to go with this guy, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, again, if Haskins goes out and just plays terrible football, you know, you know, for the next consecutive two, three games, yeah, you're going to hear grumblings. That just goes with the, the nature of professional sports or nature of being a professional in general. If you're not getting a job done, somebody else may get the opportunity to. And they do have a guy in Kyle Allen who played for them, for Scott Turner and Ron Rivera in, in Carolina last year. So you don't want to lose a team either. You don't want this defense to start saying, man, we're playing good football but we're just not having any help from the other side. Again, I haven't heard any grumblings. I haven't seen anything of that nature to make you think that that's where this team's going. They seem to still be rallying behind Dwayne Haskins as the guy that they want to see, you know, take that next step and turn the corner as well. So, folks, we got through one today. You know, this is the first uh, one in a while for me. You know, hopefully it didn't sound too rusty. You know, we worked off the cobwebs a little bit, but it was good to just sit down and talk some Washington football. And this is what we're going to be doing on this podcast, uh, you know, as far as breaking down this team. As far as the national sports scene, of course, we have the NBA finals coming up. Los Angeles Lakers against the Miami Heat, two compelling teams. I'm really looking forward to this series. I am. And I think from day one, when those teams got in the bubble, you started to see two teams emerge as the two better teams. You know, the Nuggets were you know, another young surprise team. But when I saw the Heat, I just saw them going through everyone and, and, and playing a, a very physical, rugged style of basketball 
which is near and dear to me because I'm a 90s basketball guy. You know, that's that's my era. And and, and those games were, you know, final score 82 to 80 was the final score, not not, you know, 140 to 135. I mean, come on, man, that's just too much offense. So now we're going to see two really good defensive teams because the Lakers are a very good defensive team. People don't realize that when they decide to play defense, they can lock teams up. So now we're going to have uh, just an uh, 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 NBA Finals with two teams that want to impose their will on each other. I'm looking forward to the LeBron and Jimmy Butler matchup. I think that's going to be great. I think Bam um, Adebayo going up against AD Anthony Davis is going to be great. I mean, there's so many subplots. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking to see what Tyler Hero will be able to do offensively against a Rajon Rondo, because you know Rondo's one of the better defensive uh, guards in the league, and he's going to come at Tyler Hero. So again, Goran Dragic, you know, will he still have that production coming off the bench? Uh, the key for the Lakers is going to be their bench production. Now this is where the Kyle Kuzmas of the world and guys coming off the bench um, – JaVel McGee, I think, because I think Dwight Howard will get the start. It's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers bench can hang because make no mistake about it, the Heat, they bring some guys off the bench and they get ultimate production. Dragic is coming off the bench. I mean, you know, when you can bring in a score like that off your bench, that's a great thing. So I know that, you know, most people think the Lakers are going to win this. Um I, I just don't want to count out Eric Spolstra. I, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NBA, and I, I think uh, Frank Vogel is too. So this is just a compelling matchup. You know, the big storyline too is LeBron going up against a team that he left after he, you know, joined them from Cleveland and then left them to go back to Cleveland. And, and I think we all knew that, that that left a sour taste in the mouth of Pat Riley, who courted him from Cleveland, you know, put together that Super 3 with uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and maybe Super 4 because I know Ray Allen was kind of at the end of the road, but it still was Ray Allen. So you had four Hall of Famers right there. I mean, you you, you can't beat that. And of course, LeBron left and uh, Pat Riley wasn't too happy about that. So and I don't know if I think their relationship still lukewarm to this very day because of you know some comments and some things like that. So yeah, we got some compelling stuff here for the NBA Finals in the bubble version of the NBA Finals. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think this series has the potential to go seven games. I do because I just think Miami's mentally tough and I don't see them laying down for the Lakers. So this is going to be a good one, folks. So anyway, we got to wrap it up because uh, as you heard in the intro, which I think our folks are putting together, I like that as well. Uh, computerized voice. There's you know, a little tribe called Quest in the back. Some of you too young to understand that, but 45 minutes and we're right there. So this is going to be every day now. I- I've been saying it. I've been saying it, but yes, you're going to be able to get this every day. So tomorrow we're going to break down the Washington football team. What I see today at practice, you know, we'll break that down tomorrow, give you some more injury updates, who's playing, who may not play. Uh, same thing for the Ravens, you know, what's their injury report look like? We'll break all that stuff down. So remember, folks, check us out on social media, uh, sportsjourney.com, uh, on Instagram, Facebook at sportsjourney.com, on Twitter, sportsjourney. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Lake Lewis, and you can check me out on Instagram, Lake Lewis Jr. All right? Have a good one. Appreciate you listening.